Welcome back once again, everybody. I'm Don Seifert. It's the Dr. Treefort and Don podcast. I'm here with Dr. Carrie Peter. Say hi, Carrie. Hi, how you doing? Cool. Uh, this is our fourth fruit bite. It's May 18th, 2022. Uh, Carrie has an update from uh, Dr. Krawcheck, Dr. Shoup, and one from herself. So Carrie, yep. I'll let you take it away. All right. Since thinning is on everyone's mind, I'm going to give Dr. Shoup's um, update first. So this is what he says. Last week's forecast predicted extended cloud cover for this week, in parentheses, he says, which didn't happen. Um, this illustrates the challenge of relying on weather-based thinning models because of the difficulty to predict cloud cover beyond more than one day. However, forecasters are much better at predicting temperatures. This weekend shows a warming trend from mid-80s climbing into the mid-90s by Sunday with low temperatures remaining in the 70s overnight and 80s again on Monday. This is a very touchy forecast for growers who must thin now. You are advised to tread lightly for any thinner applications that must be made ahead of this heat. Chemical thinners applied Thursday or Friday are potentially high risk for overthinning, even carbaryl alone. Remember, when you're hot, you're hot! Exclamation point. Okay, so then now for Dr. Krafchek's uh, insect bite uh, for this week. Uh, so the 2022 biofix for codling moth was established on May 9th, while the flight of tufted apple bud moths started on May 16th. Based on the degree day accumulation during the last few days, it seems as the initial timing to control codling moth will occur early next week. According to insect development models run by NUA, by May 23rd, we should accumulate about 250 degree days base 50, which should trigger the first codling moth application. The actual pressure in each orchard and or weather should be the deciding factor if and then when to spray against codling moth. However, based on the last three year experiences, we should be prepared to apply codling moth treatment at least three times in 10 to 14 day intervals. The captures of moths and pheromone traps should provide de definitive answer if and for how long codling moth treatments will be necessary. Applications of Alticor or Exoril or Delegate applied at an effective rate and at a correct timing should provide good control of codling moth and later on also tufted apple bud moth. Uh, while it is becoming too late to still effectively control oriental fruit moth, which started its flight back on April 13th, the plum curculia weevils are still present in orchards and can cause significant fruit damage. The products recommended for control of codling moth will not work against plum curculio in either a vaunt at six ounces per 100 gallons or a sale at eight ounces per 100 gallons should be added to also control plum curculio. Volium Flexi, which is a mixture of the same ingredients as an Alticor and Ectara, should control codling moth and provide suppression of plum curculio. Also, Besiege, which is a mixture of Alticor and Warrior, should be effective against codling moth and plum curculio. Unfortunately, Warrior, which is a broad-spectrum pyrethroid, can cause flare-ups of secondary pests such as woolly apple aphids, mites, and scales later during the season. So beware. 
The pheromone traps for monitoring all fruit pests should by now be placed in all orchards. So, folks, you should have your traps up because you do not know what you have unless you have your traps up. Okay, so now finally for the disease update. So first, we're on the tail end of the primary apple scab infection period. So hopefully folks have been able to get out there prior to the wedding events to keep your apple scab out there suppressed. And my recommendation is folks should start scouting now to see if you notice how well your control has worked because you should be seeing probably symptoms by the, by the end of this week, especially with that really major infection period we had almost two weeks ago when like at least four inches fell over the area. You will also be seeing rust symptoms out there as well right now because I'm, I'm starting to see it in my own orchard. And when you see rust, there's nothing you can do because one spot equals one spore and that's it. You know, the rust, the rust disease cycle is over. It will not propagate further. Um, but the goal will be to make sure that, uh, you know, that you're prepared for next year knowing that you do have rust. Uh, as far as fire blight, we have had a few infection events. Uh, and for our area in the South Central PA where we had this protracted or this very elongated bloom, uh, I would start, rec we had some infection events last week, and I would start scouting by the end of this week because you should start and you should be seeing symptoms or could be seeing symptoms by now. And so if you see fire blight, the sooner you cut it out, the better. Uh, however, there's some do's and don'ts with regards to cutting out fire blight. You do not want to cut out infections during wet weather because the bacteria move via water. Uh, so this includes even something like high humidity, uh, like due to fog or um, mist or some other um, high, high um, uh, as far as wedding events. Uh, you want to be cutting the infections out early, that is, before you start really seeing the necrosis, like the brown, crunchy leaves, uh, because when you do this, you're going to limit the spread of the bacteria, particularly into the main trunk of the tree, because that is the goal, especially with younger trees. Uh, pruning is most effective when the incidence is low, and your goal is to be focusing on salvaging uh, young high density or tree structure and young high density plantings because those are what are most vulnerable right now. And so, and it's, that's especially important if incidence is high is that you want to be focusing on salvaging tree structure. Uh, as far as how far to prune back, you know, the goal is anywhere from six to 12 inches. Uh, for small trees, dwarf trees, you want to avoid cutting flush against the main leader of the tree. You want to make an ugly stub of a few inches because the bacteria will accumulate at the end of that stub. Uh, ideally, you know, you want to be removing the um, infected tissue that you've cut out of the tree. But if you throw it into the tree row middles with the anticipation of chopping it up when you're mowing, that should be good enough. It should limit any spread. Another recommendation that I would um, advise folks to try if they already haven't is to use this ActiGuard paint method. And I'm using paint as a verb, not physically painting like with latex paint or something. It's the actual sort of spraying a solution of, of a concentrated ActiGuard solution. And this is right on the ActiGuard label. And so what you're doing is that when you cut out the fire blade, you're going to be spraying this concentrated solution, which is a, a um, it's basically one ounce of ActiGuard 
in one quart of a 1% penetrant solution. So it's very concentrated. It's a very concentrated solution. So you are going to be spraying this on the trunk. And what this is doing is it's going to limit cankers from forming and also limit tree death, especially on young trees. I've used this method. It works, but it does take some effort because you're cutting and spraying um, one after the other. You want to be mindful that you now doing it is, is really when it's most beneficial. I know you don't want to be doing it 60 days before harvest. Uh, another idea is the prohexadione calcium um, as far as apogee or kudos. You know, this will also limit future infections as far as limiting shoot blight. So getting on, um, you know, rates, uh, especially in dwarfing trees, maybe for about four to six ounces. If you have a major infection, you may want to go high just to shut down the tree. On semi-dwarf trees, you do want to be putting on high rates to suppress the growth. Um, so it is in, in, order, in order to limit any shoot blight infection. Um, the one thing I do have concerns about right now is the apple blotch or marcinina that I've talked about in the past. Make sure that you aren't stretching your cover sprays too much because I do believe I'm seeing early infections out there right now in some of my research orchards. We're definitely seeing spores. <laughs> I can tell you that much in our spore captures from our, uh, from our apple scab evaluations. So I do know the spores are out there. So one thing is, is with this disease, you know, the goal is really to keep your trees covered and not have any any time period where they're without fungicides for a long period of time. So just be mindful of the heavy rain events. And the last thing I will mention is about bacterial spot on peaches. Now, I know there may be a lot of folks out there who don't have peaches this year because of the weather events this season that cursed them. Uh, however, bacterial spots, one of those diseases you still need to manage, regardless if you have fruit or not, because it infects the leaves. And the goal this year if you don't have fruit, is to suppress the disease in order for the inoculum to not build up to crazy levels for next year. Uh, so your options are typically doing a rotational program of copper at a low rate, usually around 0.5 ounces of metallic copper to one ounces of metallic copper. So you're focusing on that metallic copper rate on the label. You can rotate this with something like uh, serenade or double nickel, and you can also rotate it with oxytetracycline, which is the antibiotic of choice to keep the disease suppressed. So you can use a rotational program and you can be conservative with it. So we are having some nice, warm, humid weather this weekend, this next couple of days. So that is great weather for the bacterial spot to start really raging or start to wake up, I should say. So just be mindful that folks should hopefully have their first uh, back spot sprays on by now. So that is it for me. Um, Don, anything on your mind that I may have overlooked or missed? No, I'm glad you made the comment about folks who may or may not have peaches on the trees because I know we're seeing that more out my way than we are down your way. Um, and, and also, even if you don't have apples, because I'm sure there's some folks out there who don't have apples, you still need to be managing foliar diseases, especially that apple blotch disease. But you can be conservative, you know, putting regular sulfur sprays on throughout the season, um, captan. Um, will help keep things suppressed. So don't think you're, you have a season off as far as because you have no fruit. You know, um, again, the goal is to keep the inoculum pressure suppressed so it doesn't explode for next year. Now, so I'm glad, like I said, I'm glad you said something about that because uh, that was on my mind. But other than that, that's, I think that sounds good.
All right. So just folks, this is a reminder, you know, hot weather with thinning, be very, 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 very careful based on what Dr. Shoup said. And hopefully everyone still has their traps out um, so you can monitor what's going on. And uh, good luck with everything. Awesome. Thanks, Gary. Yeah, right. thanks, Dom. Bye, everybody. See you later.